and welcome to today's episode of the Business Meets Fitness podcast with your host, Lauren Tickner. And today's episode is a very exciting one. I have fitness entrepreneur and YouTuber and podcast host Amanda Bucci on, and we talk about a massive variety of things such as fitness, social media, being an absolute girl boss, investing in yourself, connecting with your people, facing and overcoming challenges amongst many, many more things. And guys, I really think that you're going to like this episode no matter where you are at your stage on your journey and whether you're into fitness or business or both, I think that this episode is going to be super insightful for you. So if you do like it, please do take a screenshot of your podcast app and share it on your Instagram story tagging at business meets fitness and also at Lauren Tickner. And yeah, I just really hope that you like the episode let me know what you think I love all sorts of feedback and it would be really cool if you could share one thing that you learned from the podcast and how you're going to actually implement it into your life because remember it's all about taking action and actually implementing things in order to make change in your life for the better so I'm just gonna get this episode going I really really hope you like it and remember that I am going to be releasing a course all about personal branding it is the six-figure personal branding course and it's all about how to essentially get paid to be you and how to build your own personal brand. So if you're interested in that, please do make sure to join the email list for the Six Figure Personal Brand course. The link is in the show notes, so make sure to click on that and register your email for the email list. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I hope you like it. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the Business Meets Fitness podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on. It's really cool to be able to connect despite the fact that you are eight hours behind across in the place where I would rather be right now. (laughs) Well, the weather's not that great here. It's kind of cloudy and it's like definitely in the 50s. So don't worry about it. I mean, it's raining outside, so... (laughs) It actually rained here yesterday. In the middle of the day, it started downpouring like really hard for about five minutes. And I was like, what is this situation right now? (laughs) You're like, I, I moved to Santa Monica for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I'm just super excited to have you on the podcast today because I know that you are massively into both fitness and business. So it's perfect for the Business Meets Fitness podcast. I just wanted to have a chat with you today just about your whole journey regarding both fitness and business and just your insight into both of those things. So perhaps you could just start off by giving the listeners right now a little bit of a background about where you've come from, how you firstly got into fitness, but then also how your career has kind of grown and you've got into business. So yeah, do you just want to give a little info about that? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of how I got into the fitness world, I kind of just dove in on accident. So in high school, I started, I, I was in I was doing sports. I played soccer, but I wasn't the best at it. So I definitely sat left bench and I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't that talented. I had exercise induced asthma. So that definitely held me back a bit in sports, especially because my school had a really, really solid women's soccer team. And I was over here, not really able to even run the laps that we were supposed to be running in practice. So my mom got me a personal trainer and that's when I kind of just fell in love with the gym. We learned how to do lifting and strength and conditioning work and all of this stuff for high school sports kids, which was kind of just to enhance that. But I ended up just loving the gym anyway. And I would always rather go to the gym than my sports practices. So that's kind of where that stemmed from. And in college, I was the girl that brought my car to college, even though you had to pay a little bit extra because I wanted to go to the off-campus gym. I was like, I'm going to go to a real gym. I'm not going to use this dinky little college gym that we have over here. Even though it was a really good gym, I wanted to go to like a regular gym that had classes and um, wasn't closed for random 
exam times and stuff like that. So I, I dove head, I dove head in, um, into the fitness world. And then I just started sharing on Instagram and Instagram is where I got my start. So I originally actually made my profile private back in college because I didn't really want my peers to make fun of me. That was the same as me. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. It was private for, I was probably like a month or two. And then I started getting a couple of likes and comments and follows. And I started finding this little community of people that I followed that did fitness as well. And to me, that gave me all the permission in the world to say, okay, other people are doing this. I can do it too. So I made the profile on private. I transferred a lot of my personal stuff just over to that one. I actually remember posting something on my personal Instagram account way back in the day. And I I posted something like, the meme from the great Gatsby movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and he's holding up a a glass of a drink or a martini. And it's like, don't worry, haters, the best is yet to come or something like that. People in your year must have been like, this chick. Like, this girl, what is she doing? (laughs) So I I was like, go follow me at Amanda Bucci Fit. (laughs) in the caption. That is absolutely hilarious. Oh, I need to like repost that. That's super funny. Oh, that's hilarious. So how did it feel when you first kind of made yourself public and everyone first found your page? Yeah, it was definitely scary. I was kind of terrified. Obviously, I made it private because I was terrified. And I, I remember the day where I pressed unprivate and I was like, oh my God. Um, but I think at that point, everybody kind of knew that I was really into fitness and I would always go to the gym and I would skip out on the parties on Friday nights to go to the gym on Saturdays. So people kind of knew at that point. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to start owning this today. And I'm going to start just being unapologetic today, even though I was still insecure and a little scared of it. Um, people were starting to just kind of know and I was like people are going to talk about me anyway I might as well just do what I love yeah that's really cool that you were so brave with it because I feel like it's one of those things where for you it's such a big thing and you feel like everyone's going to be staring at you and you feel like everyone's going to be judging you and talking about you behind your back but it's probably one of those things where when you do make that switch and you do go public with it it's not even one of those things that's that people are really going to notice too much. They're probably just going to be like, yeah. hey, good for you. Well done. She's possibly yeah. doing her thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody really cares that much about it <laughs> or about you. So um, and to, after that kind of happened, I started posting about my competition prep. So I got into competing summer of 2014. I loved it. I did a five-week prep with a clean eating diet and it was the worst thing ever, but I got results that I was looking for. And I was like, whoa, if I can manipulate my nutrition, like I always was really good at training, but if I can manipulate my nutrition, I can totally make this a thing. And I loved the stage. Um, So I took the next year kind of like off just to kind of figure out what I was doing next. I learned about flexible dieting from Lane Norton and Nick Cheadle. Those were the two people that were posting free content on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook that I was obsessed with. I dove head in. I learned everything I could possibly learn about it. I did a couple preps on my own where I taught myself how to lose body fat and I was tracking my macros really diligently and all that stuff. I had since done eight bikini competitions. I started a YouTube channel. um, And when I first started the YouTube channel, I wasn't super serious about it, but I didn't even know that YouTubers were a thing. I had one friend um, on YouTube and I was like, oh, she does sit down talk videos. Like I could do that because I feel like Instagram captions are not the most efficient place to disperse information and to discuss and explain certain things about fitness. And that's what people followed me for. 
So I kind of started getting into it. And then I started learning about the YouTube fitness community, like Christian and Max and Nikki and Heidi and all those people. And I was just like, oh, this is the thing. <laughs> this is a thing people do. And I remember um, in December of 2015, the, the winter, it was New Year's Eve. And I was like, my New Year's resolution or my New Year's goal for the 2016, I think it was 2016, is to get 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I had 6,000 at the time. And I was like, I have this big goal, but I'm going to do it. And I think I remember Jasmine Garcia being able to do it. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. (laughs) I don't know. I I remember seeing her grow on YouTube and I was like, if she can do it, I can definitely do it. So I ended up posting five, six videos a week. I was just crushing content on there. I was really relevant, number one, because I was doing bikini competitions. It wasn't super, super popular or saturated just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was posting vlogs like five, six times a week, which for YouTube is really, really good. I was traveling around the country and doing fitness workshops and collaborating with people and doing everything I possibly kind of could to, to build and grow. And that year was the year that I went from 6,000 to 100,000 subscribers in six months on YouTube. Really, 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 really cool. But I could just see the trajectory and it just went really, really fast. Um, and then moving forward, I was using my, I guess, YouTube channel as my business. So I was a full-time influencer at that point. And again, I didn't really know what entrepreneurship was, didn't really know a whole lot about building businesses or structuring them or anything outside of what I was currently doing. I was just sharing my life. I was sponsored by a couple companies. I was making some commission and I was doing fitness coaching because people just would message me and ask every single day. And I was like, great, this is amazing. (laughs) And completely different than what I went to school for. I went to school for nursing. I didn't end up doing that because this was just going so well. And I was like, you know what, this is what I want to go all in on. I'm passionate about it. And I can use my nursing knowledge to um, enhance how I teach about fitness. So that was great and everything. But at the end of 2016, um, I kind of realized like, hey, I'm kind of only promoting companies. I'm not, I don't really, I feel like my personal brand is kind of diluted. Like Mm -hmm. I don't get to talk about, I don't get to talk about everything that I want to talk about because I have requirements for posting for these other brands. And I felt like it was just not me. I felt like I didn't get to shine through as much. Although I was posting a lot and people enjoyed me for me, it was almost just like the brands were overtaking my personal brand. And I was like, where am I? Like, what, what am I doing? Like, is- <laughs> this is something that I talk about a lot. Cause I think it, can become, I think it can become very easy for quote unquote influencers to find themselves constantly promoting other companies mm. and not being able to necessarily stand for their own things because it's a lot easier to kind of promote another company's products and earn money through that than to create your own products and go about right. it. So this was actually something that I wanted to ask you about, but you kind of answered it already because I just wanted to say, oh, yeah. I wanted to um, ask you, when did you realize that you wanted to do more than just kind of being an affiliate for other companies and actually build your own businesses. So it was at the end of 2016, you said? Yeah, it was um, December of 2016. And I finished competing in bikini competitions uh, that that September or August was my last one. And I was like, I'm done. I've done eight of these. It's been three years. Like I am done here. And that after that, um, I went on and had fun and I went to Vegas for the Olympia and I went on all these trips and I gained 20 pounds. Um, actually that might've even been the year before. It's kind of, it's kind of messy in my head, but Mm -hmm. either way, 
I remember kind of just realizing, is this going to be long-term sustainable for me? Because I'm not going to compete anymore. It's definitely less interesting. I've made 400 videos on YouTube at this point about the same exact thing. And to me, if, if I'm not evolving, I'm evaporating. I feel like I'm not moving forward if I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And I knew that competing wasn't going to serve me personally anymore. And although it was really interesting to watch and it was really fun to talk about, it wasn't my main focus of life anymore. And I wanted something more. So when you're vlogging, you're talking about your life at the moment. (laughs) You're not talking about, I mean, you can make informational videos a ton and you can just make a ton of those and that's great. But if you're also vlogging, you have to discuss what's going on today. So for me, I was just a little lost at the end of that time period in my life. That chapter, I was just like, what's next? Like this, is this sustainable? And a lot of people are asking me like, what are you, what are you going to do when you're not making YouTube videos anymore? And is this a long-term thing? Because influencer marketing and YouTubing is all pretty new, I would say in the last 10 years of in existence, basically. Even less. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said just about it's easy for influencers to kind of take that route. And for those who aren't influencers yet and want to be, you're like, it's easy for you to say because you already are one. So to an extent, once you kind of gather um, all all of the resources that you need to build a platform there's this next level of challenge. So although you might have the challenge of becoming one now, the next level of challenge once you get there is how do you manage your mission and your passion with and like meld that with all the opportunity that comes from being an influencer? Because you can just take every opportunity that comes to you and the next challenge is how do you manage that and not just say yes to the quick buck, but say yes to the long-term mission. And when you don't really know what you're doing, you're like, well, I don't know what else I'm doing. So I should probably just do this and like save up now. You know, like if you don't know how to build a business or if you don't know what's next. Um, and if you feel like this is, you're going to, you want to ride this out until it kind of dies and until you figure it out, basically, it's easy to say yes to the brand that's going to pay you a salary and commission every single time you post about them. And then your page just becomes that brand and it screams just that brand and these companies. And yeah. I mean, maybe you're doing a couple of them and I'm sure you've been through that too, Lauren. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's definitely the easy route. And the hard route is to sit down and take a step back and then learn about actual business and how to create companies that can grow, that can scale, that are really serving people, that are really making an impact, that are unique, um, building an email list, like all of these things that are going to help you in the long term. And for me, that experience came from joining a mastermind last year with Lewis Howes um, and again this year with him because it was just so pivotal for my business. It just essentially accelerated my learning process. So it was almost like taking four years of an MBA and then having all of the experience and knowledge from 20 other entrepreneurs who have just crushed it online in their own online businesses. And I was just like, holy, (laughs) can I I swear on this podcast? Holy shit. What the fuck? (laughs) What was I doing before? Two was, was. Oh my yes. god! <laughs> well, because well, I'm so, so mind blowing. Yeah, no, I'm so glad that you spoke about this because again, Amanda, I swear you're reading my mind. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna. I've got written down here mentorship and masterminds because I wanted to speak to you about that because I know that you firstly are a mentor yourself, but also that you have done Lewis House Mastermind last year, and then of course you're doing it now as well. Now I actually follow Lewis and I love his stuff. I've read his book and I think his content is great. 
Um, so I'd love if you would be able to speak about how much yeah. mentorship has helped you and being in the muscle industry has helped you and what yeah. you feel like it's done for your business because I know what you're saying about earlier you can I feel like sometimes when you're self-employed you can there's so much you can do and it's literally your input is going to be what, what you get out really so right. you, you can feel very lost about which path to take and I know for sure I, I struggle with this because there's so many different things I want to do and for me to kind of channel my energy in one direction and actually stick with it I find mm-hmm. that super hard so yeah I'd love to hear more about this and how you feel like it's developed you as not only a person but also as a business <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good question. And I want to talk about a couple of different things. So as much as I love Lewis, the mastermind isn't about Lewis. And Lewis, it's like, it's almost like he is the guide that brings all these amazing people together. So if you, so Lewis teaches us as well. Like he, he talks with us on the phone and he'll mentor us through certain things, but the power is in your network. And when you're self-employed, it's all about yourself, right? So you know other people can crush it on their own and you can see all of the potential that you have and you want to challenge yourself and you want to do it all by yourself. And to an extent, you can reach a really successful point just doing everything alone without specific help um, or specific mentors, but you don't know what you don't know. And for me, I was like, I don't know what I don't know. And it's not like I didn't know anything. Um, I made six-figure income on my own. And I had some mentors along the way, but not really any, anyone specifically teaching me about um, how to grow my business. Like I organically grew my YouTube channel and my Instagram kind of on my own and then collaborating with people and seeing what other people are doing. But there weren't like strategy tactics where I was learning specifically from someone that I paid to help me or anything like that. Um, I was just absorbing uh, what other people were doing. And I was like, great, let me do this. Let me try this. And let me just beat myself, whatever. And it kind of happened really well on accident. And when you're self-employed, it's a huge block for you to feel like you just have to be alone. And you're probably like an independent man or woman. And you have all of this passion and ambition to just crush it on your own. And you want to challenge yourself and you don't want to ask for help. But I'm telling you right now, if you just ask for help and you take those chains off and you take your ego down a little bit lower and you say, maybe I should invest in a really strong network or a really strong mentor to help accelerate my process, that's going to accelerate your impact. And that's going to easily like double or triple your income and impact right away by learning from someone else who's been in your position and who has done the same thing that you want to do. So I was talking to um, a friend of mine yesterday, Chris Harder on my podcast. And one of the main things that he said helped him in his business. And I totally agree is enhancing your network, the people around you that you're able to just text and say, Hey, can you help me with this really quick? Like I have a friend who I met at, um, it wasn't a mastermind, but I met the person that I went to this gathering with through just someone in my network from the mastermind. And this girl, I texted her today. I was like, Hey, one of my students is struggling with her Instagram. Um, this, this, and this is going on. What do you think? And she's like, Oh, I think this, because I've seen this situation in my program. So just having those people where you can mastermind with, I would say it's, it's not necessarily just one mentor and you learn stuff and you take notes like you're in a class. It's like, here's what's going on. 
how have you experienced this and how have you seen it happen for you? Because it's not necessarily like you're sitting in a class and learning things. Yes, you have to learn stuff. You can take courses. You can um, purchase lower price things that are just someone's course and you can learn from them because they probably put a lot of work into that. And that's awesome. Um, but when you're doing things on your own as an entrepreneur, everything is so different and your experience in your business is going to be different from somebody else's as many times over as it's going to look similar. There's still going to be little things you're going to be like, well, I'm doing this and this isn't really working this way. And everything's so custom. So if you can get someone's insight or a group of people's insight to help you directly with your business, and then you add value back to them, that's going to be probably one of the best possible things that you can invest in in yourself. Yeah, no, I think that that's really interesting. I mean, I, I can't even begin to imagine how much kind of just through networking you've picked up from that because I always find that, as you said earlier, I really liked what you said when you're like, you don't know what you don't know because I think that that is so true because you can be doing something in your own business or just on whatever journey you're doing and just be going about it and think that you're doing something and you could be doing something really, really awesome, but you could just tweak a tiny little thing and it could be something so incredibly simple that you could just change by someone just being like, hey, if you do this, this will happen. And if you never ask for help, you would never, ever even know that. So, so something, yeah. can I say like an example of something yes. simple that like I learned from a member of the mastermind of mine and he's a professional motivational speaker and he talks to us about how to tell your story. So I see a lot of people now that I know this, I see a lot of people on social media, especially influencers talking about themselves and they position themselves as the hero or the person yeah. that's like, look at me. Thank you for supporting me. I'm happy that I have all of you guys as my supporters and my followers. And thank you so much for using my link and like, it's almost like they're the hero and everyone's like supporting them. And if you think someone's cool, like that's nice, but people want to feel like the hero and they want to feel special. So you have to speak to people in that way. So just tweaking the way that you use language was something that I maybe would have learned in the future, but I learned really quickly just through someone actually talking about it. And that's their profession. They talk to people specifically in that way through yeah. speeches we're just tweaking something really small, like talking to someone and saying you rather than me and, and leading with the other person rather, rather than leading with yourself. Something really small like that can change your business really, really quickly. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to look through some of my captions and see if I've been doing that. <laughs> well, we all do that, right? It's like our personal pages and our personal accounts. And you do want to talk about you, but you want to talk about yourself in a way that's going to help serve them. Wow. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. It's kind of, uh, you know, it feels like the way that you've described it is that people perhaps put themselves on a pedestal, which they don't mean to do. I mean, yeah, right. that's, that is super interesting. So, yeah. um, Amanda, earlier you spoke about your Instagram, I mean, sorry, your YouTube grew from 6,000 to over a hundred thousand in a few months or something. Now I would love to know your top things about top things <laughs> that does not make sense the, biggest, strategies. <laughs> the, the top tips that you have for growing your social media and just really portraying yourself in a way that is authentic and that really is you and that is getting you to a place where you want to be with your own socials yeah, I definitely um, think that the number one tip for YouTube especially is to make sure that you're creating videos that are relevant and have keywords that are going to be searchable on YouTube. So when you don't really have a following or an audience just yet, 
it's going to be really tough for you to grow through vlogs only. And that the reason being is that people don't know, like, and trust you just yet. So it's going to be hard for them to follow along a 10, 20 minute vlog of you going about your day if they don't already know, like, and trust you and are interested in what you're doing. So in order to enhance that no like trust factor, I like to call it the KLT factor, um, creating informational videos and creating value style videos that are going to be really helpful and hard hitting um, for people are, is going to allow people to say, I want to go back to this person's channel. And looking back on my channel, that's how I got started. Um, I got started making informational videos because I didn't, I didn't do anything. I had no friends. I, I was like, no one's going to watch my vlogs. I literally have no friends. And I sit in my apartment answering fitness client emails all day. Like who am I to make a YouTube channel? Right. Um, so I made a bunch of informational videos like carb cycling and this, this and that. But looking back, those are things that were really interesting to a lot of people at the time. So if you're wondering what kind of videos to start making, make sure that you do some research on what videos are really interesting to people right now. So if you just want to go through a couple of topics for maybe you're a fitness person, maybe this, the topics that are interesting right now are intermittent fasting, maybe keto, maybe, um, still carb cycling, like anything kind of that makes sense that's currently relevant, maybe something that's relevant to right now. So if it's today we're recording on Valentine's Day, if you're not posting a Valentine's Day post, you're missing out on all of the people that are going to be interested in the relevancy of the holiday. So things like that will definitely help you grow and making sure that you're using some searchable keywords on YouTube, especially because YouTube is one of the, the second search engine next to Google or something like that, I think. Yeah. Um, it's Google. Well, they, and it's owned by Google, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's the same thing. So <laughs> it's so people are searching for things and you want to rank in the search for those things. So when people look up things, your videos will pop up. So making sure that not only does your title have a keyword, um, or a couple of keywords, but you're also using those same keywords in your description box and in your tags. And then don't forget about your thumbnail. Like the thumbnail, the title, description box, and tags are almost more important than what's actually in the video at the end of the day. I and only got to that thumbnail thing recently. <laughs> what? I literally, I never knew that how important the thumbnail was until we went to Connor Murphy's event in summer. Yeah. And ever since then, my YouTube has grown exponentially and I had really? no idea. Yeah, I had no so idea funny. how important it was. It's just, it's quite funny looking back because it's something so small, but it makes such a big difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and just regarding what you were just saying about kind of uh, things which are really popular at the moment, for example, like you said, keto and some other things. There's actually this website that I found, which I think uh, the listeners could be quite interested in. I'll put it in the description box for the podcast, but it's called buzzsumo.com. And you can basically yeah. go in. Yeah, have you used it before? It's so I've heard of it, but I haven't. Yeah, so you could go in and then just literally, t I'll go in on, on it now and just type in fitness. Actually, I'll... I'll just leave it to the listeners to go and do that themselves. But yeah, buzzsumo.com, type in fitness or something, and it will come up with the most popular posts um, that have just been going on this week or today, for example, that are related to that keyword. And I just think it's a really helpful tool for people to use if they get a bit lost with content um, that they should be, yeah, that if they don't know what to post. Yeah, so, yeah that's something that's 
super helpful. But anyway, I'll let you get back to what you were saying. Oh yeah, that's okay. So that was, that was definitely tip number one. Um, and then tip number two is to insert your personality as much as possible. So the only thing that's going to really differentiate you from someone else talking about that is going to be your personality. So don't, I mean, feel free to not really filter yourself and to polarize a little bit. So don't worry about who's going to like you, who's going to not. I always say be 100% yourself and see who sticks because it's going to be really difficult to keep up a fake persona just because you want to show up as someone who's not talking um, in a certain way and you want to make sure that you're saying all the right things. Like no one connects with me because of that. They connect with me because of the fact that I swear and the fact that I mess up my words sometimes and the fact that I'm always kind of flowing my thoughts and I just kind of go, but I also am human and I'll mess up sometimes and I'm not like the best at everything, but they connect for a million different reasons. Maybe my Spotify playlist and we like the same music. Maybe people are dog moms. Maybe they're in a relationship. Maybe they like the same foods that I do. Maybe they have the same body type as me. Maybe they read the same books that I do. So sharing all of those little personal quirks about yourself and then just being really authentic and real about it and listening to your inner voice and your inner wisdom saying, I am perfectly perfect within who I am right now. And if I show up as that and I show up really strongly and powerfully convicted in my message and who I am, then there will be people that connect with me and stick regardless of the amount of people that don't like you or the amount of people that don't agree with you. It's actually a good thing to polarize people and push some people away so you can really strongly connect with the people that do get to stay. Yeah, no, I really think that that's extremely true because you're, the, the type of content that you post will attract the type of people that are interested in the same thing. And then through the people that follow you, they can connect with each other. And I think that that's, it's just a great way to create like a lovely little community. Um, and then I just wanted to ask, well, actually, now that we've come onto this topic, I know that you used to post primarily only fitness-based content. Um, mm-hmm. which I have done in the past as well. But more recently, you've kind of moved into more entrepreneurial content as you've developed yeah. into this strong girl boss entrepreneur that you are today. Um, and so how has that been for you? Has it been a struggle or do you think that it's for the greater good? Or Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a struggle. It's it's taken me a good bit of time to really feel confident, probably like a year now, to really feel confident posting this kind of stuff. I remember the first video that I posted that was like this um, was after my first mastermind meetup with Lewis Howes and the crew. And I was like, here's what I learned. And it didn't do well on YouTube. And I was like, damn it, my YouTube channel is like where I get everything. Like if it's not going to do well on YouTube, what do I do with my life? Um, so for me, it was definitely really difficult to realize that me just going with my passion and not being fake about it and then just talking about what I'm convicted and passionate about, um, which for me, it transitioned to, to business a lot, a good bit. And not just because I abandoned fitness, but in a way, fitness is now the background of my life. It's not the forefront. And before it was a 10 out of 10 priority. And if, if someone signed up with me as a fitness coaching client, I would ask them, are you ready 10 out of 10? Because I don't want to work with you if you're just like kind of passionate, but you don't really care and you're not going to do anything. That's me right now. Like yeah. I'm probably like a five out of 10 with my fitness in terms of how much of a priority it is to me. Um, it's a priority to me to keep my mental state clear, to feel good in my body, but I feel pretty good in my body if, as long as I keep up with what I'm doing basically. And I'm like kind of just coasting and doing whatever I'm doing currently. Like I still, it's still a habit for me. Um, 
And I still love going to lift and I still love doing cardio and I still love eating healthy, but it's not, I'm not hyper-focused on it like I used to be. So I used to track all my macros. I used to track my cardio. Um, I used to talk about everything because I was learning and growing and showing everybody everything about my fitness. And now it's just, it's just a piece of the puzzle. It's a very small piece of the puzzle. And I have lots of other priorities that I want to focus on and that I want to help encourage other people to focus on too. I want people to focus on their mind. I want people to focus on their personal development. I want people to focus on you know, their businesses, because I think business is like a fast track to helping people solve their problems and impacting the world as, as negative as a connotation that the word may have. A lot of people might just think, oh, well, you know, she's interested in business. I'm not, let me not care. It's really just teaching you how to help other people solve their problems. And I, thoroughly believe that everyone should have some sort of side hustle. Even if you have a nine to five that you're passionate about, it could go away tomorrow. Um, no one's safe anymore. The world is changing really rapidly. I know a friend of mine who is a gym manager. And although that seems like a job that might never go away, he was replaced by technology. And McDonald's cashiers are being replaced by technology. And now you just kind of plug and play and then you order on this machine. So all of these things are changing really rapidly. And you never know if your quote unquote job is going to be safe or not. So it's actually really responsible for you to build some sort of small side business or side hustle or whatever, just so you have some extra streams of income. So you don't have all your eggs in one basket and you're kind of screwed at the end of the day. So going back to whether or not it was difficult, it was super difficult. Um, when I started just talking about how much I was making and how to teach other people how to make it and stuff like that. I was called a scam artist. I was called money hungry. I was called just that. That's the only thing that I care about now. And I only want to teach people how to make money and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's kind of it. And I get how that could have come off. I totally understand that. A lot of people feel really uncomfortable talking about money and it's, it's a private thing for a lot of people. And that's like very traditionalist mindset, which it's totally okay. But for me, I'm just like, let's all talk about it because it's all, it's a struggle for literally every single person in the whole fucking world. Why would we not talk about it? It's like, if you are struggling with fitness and you don't discuss it with a coach or you don't discuss it with a family member or a friend, you're not really going to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go, the problem's not going to go away if you're not, if you don't talk about it. So <laughs> I, yeah, like I just encourage people to talk about all of their problems, regardless of what they are. And it's not private. Like we're all here to win, obviously. Like we're all here to support each other and encourage each other, uh, each other to make more. And it's not a bad thing to make more or to desire wealth. It's an amazing thing. And you should, because we need to, to survive and to support our future families and to support others who don't have as much. I just got back from a trip for Guatemala where I was able to with a group of people build, um, a school because we were able to donate a lot of our, um, a lot of our income and then have our audiences donate theirs too. I remember on what day was it? The after Thanksgiving day, black Friday, I don't, I, we were, a, we were a couple grand away from hitting our $35,000 goal. And I was able to go to my audience and say, I'm going to give my commission that I get from a supplement company that I'm sponsored by. And I'm going to donate the rest of that commission to hit our goal. And I donated $8,000. Like that's a lot of money that I could have easily kept for myself. But because I've been able to build some wealth, revenue, and income, I can disperse that to people that really need it. 
Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And that's such a good point. I think a lot of times I know that we've spoken about this, us two together before. A lot of people get kind of funny about speaking about money. But I do think that if you talk about it and become more open about it, I think people will slowly kind of open up and realize that it's not just a selfish thing and it can be used for greater good. For example, what you just said just then, that's absolutely incredible. And your trip looks just incredible and it looks like that has been such an eye-opener to you amongst as as well as many other people but yeah I think that kind of using your position as not only an influencer but an entrepreneur who's earning money that you can then give to other people it's just puts you in a really nice position to be able to do awesome things with yeah both your position and your money so um yeah I think that that has been everything that I wanted to ask you Amanda um and it's been really 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 interesting speaking to you today um and i want to thank you again for coming on to the podcast i know that you're a very busy lady so i'm going to let you get on now but if there's anything that you would like to add to the conversation or anything that you perhaps yeah like to say um for the audience like maybe the two or three most important things when it comes to growing their business their personal brand whatever um yeah what, what would they be Yeah, I would definitely say um, one of the number one things is to make sure that you're really giving it a good try and to consult with people on how to go about doing things. So whether you're uh, learning on your own, reading blog posts, taking courses, joining masterminds, whatever it is, really try and don't just kind of half-ass it just because you think it's going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. It'll really suck a lot of times. It's going to be you're going to have to face all of your insecurities head on whenever you're putting yourself out there, especially online. So just open those challenges with open arms, um, allow those challenges to come to you and just say, this is going to be some really great information for me to learn from, whether it's going to be someone criticizing you or you may invest in something and you lose some money or something along those lines. Just, just take it as information, just take it as here's what not to do next, <laughs> anything along those lines, you're, you're going to fail and you're going to make mistakes. Just allow them to come to you. Um, don't forget to put your values ahead of your desire for wealth. So don't necessarily do anything just because you can make a quick buck or if it's going to be anything that's going to hurt someone else and negatively impact them just so you can profit off of it. Um, just really think about that because in the long haul, you want people to trust you. And the, the more things that you do to break the trust of your audience, the harder time that you're going to have in the future, getting them to purchase anything from you and getting them to listen to you, getting them to be in your tribe and be in your community. And I just want to remind everyone that you can do it regardless of who you are. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to act a certain way. You just have to really try to master your craft get really good at what you want to do, help serve people along the way, give free value as much as humanly possible, and you're going to crush it. And you totally can. And I've seen it happen to so many people who didn't think that they could, but you can. Yeah, no, that is amazing. And I can sure as hell guarantee you that I'm sure in the past that you have felt, well, I know I have definitely felt that I've never been able to do it. And look, I feel, you know, a year ago from now, I never would have thought I would have achieved what I have today. And I think it's one of those things where your mindset can really, really hold you back. But at the end of the day, you just got to keep doing it day in, day out and know your reason why you're doing what you're doing. And all the results will pay off in the end. 
So absolutely. Thank you so much, Amanda. I will leave all of your links and your YouTube and your Instagram in the description box for the podcast so everyone can find you. But just a quick side note as well. Amanda does have a really, really good podcast that you guys should all go listen to now that this episode has ended called Bucci Radio. So I will again leave the link in the description box for that. So thank you for coming on today, Amanda. Yes, thank you. Have you got anything exciting coming up that you want to quickly plug into the little podcast right now? Ooh, so I do, and it's not going to be launching just yet. It'll be launching late March, um, but I'm going to be having a, a, a way for me to be coaching more people than just those who are in my high-ticket program, so. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> to be continued. Just follow me and find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, and I hope everyone has enjoyed the podcast. Yes. Right, Thank you, guys. Oh, spoke too soon. Let me stop that from recording.